Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today we're going to talk to Mark Podolsky. So one of the best money strategies is passive income, uh, which means income you received automatically with minimal labor to earn and maintain it. Uh, there are many ways that you can achieve passive income, that you can create this passive income. And yet the one you're going to learn about today is one you most likely don't know about. You have, we haven't really talked about it that much. And it's simply buying raw land. Mark is the owner of Frontier Properties, a land investment company. Mark is also known as the Land Geek. He is uh, widely considered the country's most trusted and foremost authority on buying and selling raw, undeveloped land within the United States. Yes, that's right, buying dirt. And as a matter of fact, that's the title of Mark Podolsky's book, Dirt Rich, The Ultimate Guide to Helping You Buy and Build Passive Income with Raw Land. Mark, welcome to the show. Eric Martel, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. So yeah, definitely land is not something we talk too often about, uh, but tell us a little bit about kind of your journey and how did you find out that land, you could build passive income with land? To me, the way I look at it is just like, it just sits there, it doesn't produce anything. So you tell me kind of like how, how you got started, how you decided that land was the way to go, and um, and what kind of like your journey, how you got started? Yeah, so if we rewind the tape to 2000, I was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker, oh. specializing in mergers and acquisitions with oh. private equity groups. And Eric, it got so bad for me. I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. Oh, I get yeah. the Friday blues, anticipating the weekend going by really fast <laughs> and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. He's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. And Eric, I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Mm -hmm. Average company is 10%. I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe them. No. So I go to New Mexico with him. I got three grand saved up for car repairs. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels and average price of $300 each. I flip them online and mm -hmm. they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked. So I took all that money and went to another auction in Arizona, which is where I live. Yeah. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room and I'm buying lots and acreage for like nothing. I sell all that property and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant at the time. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time <laughs> land investor. And she's like, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. So it took me 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 6,000 transactions and counting, and I absolutely love it. Wow, this is amazing. And, you know, everybody wants to be an investment banker. I mean, this is very a glamorous position, made a lot of money, I'm sure. And, um, you know, and you're dealing with all these, uh, these big, major, massive, you know, mergers and acquisition deals. It must be must be kind of like difficult. I can understand why your wife would say, are you sure that doesn't make sense? What, what are you smoking? Yeah, it's it was not difficult at all because 
even the most glamorous job, it's still making someone else rich. And to add insult to injury, I was making rich people even richer. Yeah. So there was no purpose. It was very soulless. And so today, when I look back, it was the best thing I've ever done because now I help people get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if they're personally not working, they're not making any money. So think of any with a W-2 job or a freelance or a solopreneur. Let's just pick on rich people. Yeah. Doctors, lawyers, if a dentist's hands aren't in a patient's mouth, the dentist isn't generating any revenue. So to create enough passive income where it exceeds your fixed expenses, you're working because you want to, not because you have to. I love the idea of moving up Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm. into self-actualization yeah. and really finding out your greatest purpose in life. Yeah. So I find I find that interesting too. I was I was an independent consultant for many years and the money was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I felt free and independent and uh, you know, good tax uh tax taxable uh, or tax deductions and stuff. And uh it was a little bit addictive because you're making a lot of money, but then you at the back of my head I kept thinking, I said, Well, what if I get sick? What if uh, I had to stop working uh, or I, you know, my project and or my client is telling me, you know, we don't need you for six months or whatever, or we, we decided this project is not important anymore. And then uh, we defunding the project and now I have to find another gig, another project or another client. So what happens with that? And then I have these gaps in income. Yes, I'm making a lot of money, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm dropping to zero you know, within a, a week or so it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking to do that. And then you want to take vacations yeah. and then you're just like, Oh my God, I don't want <laughs> vacation is costing me a fortune. Not only am I paying for all the vacation and stuff like that, but on top of that, I'm not making money. And uh, so these vacations that they were very stressful for me, I'd rather be working than, uh, than go on vacations. Yeah, I totally understand. I'd rather have cash flow than cash because it's the end of financial insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the uh, and also during the pandemic, I think a lot of uh, a lot of doctors, a lot of dentists realized that um, you know being a solopreneur or uh, as you mentioned, like a what did you call it again, a solo? Yeah, solopreneur. Yeah, solopreneur. Um, so when you are this kind of like uh, you have one source, your revenue is tied to the hours that you work. Um, which I call like trading time for money. Whenever you're in that situation, uh, when you the work stops coming for whatever reason, you know the money also uh, you know stops coming, and that that's the challenge there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think during the pandemic, I think a lot of dentists and a lot of doctors realized that you know what they thought was like pretty secure in terms of income, all of a sudden was like shattered. It was like okay, well, I can't do surgery anymore. It's like I still have to have, I still have all my expenses. I still have to pay all these things. And then, um, you know, how am I going to do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so tell me uh, more about the, um, so, you know, like what the, what is the process that you're taking? Did I hear correctly that the, your first deal, you actually went to Mexico? Did you say Mexico? Yeah, no, New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. So you but still Air, in the United States. Yeah, but I, I do things very differently today than I did back then. So Eric, let me walk you step by step yeah. through the model. So you live in Florida, correct? Correct. Yeah. 
So I'm going to assume that you own five acres of raw land in Colorado and you owe $200 in back taxes. Mm. So you're essentially advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. You're in Florida, the properties in Colorado. And number two, you're financially distressed in some weird way because we don't pay for things like our property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. Mm. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Eric, if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose that property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. Mm-hmm. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales for the last 12 to 18 months on your five-acre parcel, and I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale. Let's say it's $10,000, yeah. and I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to send you an actual offer of $2,500 for your five-acre parcel. Wow. Now you accept it. Why? Because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. Now, yeah. in reality, three to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer. Mm-hmm. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in-depth research. Yeah. I have to confirm you still own the property. I have to make sure that back taxes are only $200. I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title, no liens or encumbrances. So I have this due diligence checklist check that I outsourced to my team in Jamaica they're yeah. connected to an American title company. And because it's $5,000 or less. Now, I take no title risk. If yeah. I was investing $5,000 or more, I just tr- closed traditionally through an American title company. Yeah. But in that process, I'm getting satellite maps, aerial maps, yeah. plat maps, GIS maps, everything that a buyer is going to want to know as well. So I'm creating my marketing. So now that I own it, I'm going to sell it 30 days or less and I'm going to make a cash flow. So Eric, I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? Who is it? The neighbors. The neighbors. Oh, so I'm gonna, okay. Oh, I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your privacy. Protect your views. Know yeah. your neighbor. Yeah. Oftentimes, the neighbors will buy. Now, if the, buyer, the neighbors pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. The buyer's list passes. I'll go to a website you may have heard of. It's the 15th most credit. Uh, what traffic website in the United States called Craigslist. And they go to one I know you've heard of called Meta or Facebook, yeah. buy yeah. sell groups in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go to the lands, landmoto.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. So these are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. Mm-hmm. But the secret is in my pricing. So all I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment for someone to control that five acre parcel that you just sold me in Colorado. And then I'm going to make it a car payment. Let's say $297 a month at 9% interest for the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. They get my money out on the down payment. I could go six to 10 months out. And then I'm getting $297 a month at 9% interest for the next 84 months. Eric, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents, and because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm mm-hmm. exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this owner's real estate legislation. So then it's a simple game. Mm-hmm. Can we create enough land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Yeah. So you basically seller financing that uh, that deal. And then the down payment on the, on the land is really... Um... What my investment covers your purchasing costs, right? Right, correct. 
Ah, so that's wow. So you have zero money in and you're making cash flow. Correct. Well, that's amazing. Infinite return. That's what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the uh, the purchasing uh, piece, the purchasing, the acquisition side of it. Are you buying the, the tax deed uh, or the tax lien at auction? Um, is there I, used, I used to do that, but now I want to get that property from the property owner before it goes to a competitive auction oh, situation. Okay. So I'll contact, say, the county assessor and get the real property list mm -hmm. of everyone in that county that owns property. Yeah. Then I'll scrub that list and let's say by use code. So mm -hmm. VL for vacant land. Yeah. Now I have all the vacant land. And then I'll do one more scrub by assessor's parcel number or subdivision. Because if I send someone the same offer as 40 acres, as the same person with five acres, that 40 acre person is going to send me back glitter in the mail. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure I've got my pricing right and then send out my offers. Okay. Uh, any kind of type of land that you're looking, any kind of zoning that you're looking in particular? Well, the property that I like to look at is going to be more rural property. Let's say an hour to three hours from the nearest city. And it could be zoned typically residential or what they might call AMR, agricultural, mining, and recreational. Okay. Okay. And then that way, and the nice thing about it is that, yeah, when you have like a big piece of land like that in a rural area, um, it's much more likely that the neighbors would be interested in that piece of land also. Exactly. Okay. Do you do anything, any, uh, thing in terms of, uh, what are, what are some of the things on your due diligence? Obviously there's something about the title. Do you do anything else uh, about the land itself? I know you talk about the aerial, uh, satellite photograph and that kind of stuff, but you do things about accessible road. Do you do anything around uh, path of progress? Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that it's accessible, that someone can find it. Oftentimes, if it's an area I've never bought, I'll put an ad on Craigslist for 50 bucks for someone local to go out there, fill out my property report checklist, stomp on the property. I want to know what are the neighbors doing? Are they dumping? How difficult is it to find the property? What are the roads like? Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to know, What's compelling about, about about the property? What's it near? Are there mountain views? Are there streams? Is it treed? What restrictions are on the property? Mm -hmm. And what's the highest and best use of that property? So I want to get all that before I actually buy it for myself. Okay. That being said, if it's in the path of growth, I won't sell that property because that's more of a land banking play. Okay. That would be a property that would go into my trust. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, for some, so some of the land you actually keep if you think that, you know, this is a... a... Yeah, that's what we call the hockey stick model. Okay. So if you look at a hockey stick, it's very flat and then development comes and it shoots right back up. Okay. So that's that's going to be a different model, but those that's a negative cash flow mm -hmm. play. It could yeah. take five years, you're paying property taxes. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes people say, well, don't buy land, it doesn't cash flow. Mm -hmm. And they're right. Traditionally, it won't cash flow. Yeah. But the way that I'm teaching you today how to do it. Let's have a cash flow and not deal with any of the headaches mm -hmm. of a typical rental property. Yeah. So you would, um, so let's say that the property is worth, you were doing your after, your not after, thing about after repair value. There's no repairs, uh, but the uh, the market value of that property, let's say it's $10,000 $10, 
and then you would go and basically make me an offer for uh you know twenty five hundred dollars actually the ten thousand dollars came from basically you're looking at you know the last uh the market value you're looking at the assessments or the uh, the transactions on land around the area to assess kind of like what the value is you divide by four and you say okay well this is twenty five hundred dollars this is the offer most likely I'm going to take it because I live far away and I owe money. And then you say, well, you're going to take care of that. I'll take care of the taxes and that's it. Then you go into, uh, into a market and then you uh, like a Craigslist or whatever you sell it. And basically you make sure you, you basically get a a down payment for the value. You sell it then at that point at $10,000, that property on Craigslist, or you would sell it at more than that. Well, I'm going to sell it for more than that. $10,000 is going to be a liquidation value. Okay. So 300% is a liquidation value. So for cash properties, I want to have a margin of 300 to 500%. For terms, because of time value of money, it's going to be 800 to 1200%. Okay. Wow, cool. Wow. And then you do seller financing on that. And then that's how you build your cash flow, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Any issues are with uh, with seller financing? Uh, because I, I know that uh, I've done seller financing on uh, turnkey rentals that I've done. And because it, these were um, investment properties, I kind of bypassed the, the whole, um, I forget the, the Dodd-Frank or whatever. Dodd-Frank, yeah. yeah. No, there's no issues because we're not dealing with a tenant. So okay, we're, so we're exempt. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Wow. So, so that's another another uh, way around the Dodd Frank uh, thing. So you don't you don't have to go through, you know the what is that called the mortgage More, mortgage origination? Like yeah, we don't have to do any of that. Oh, that's that's excellent. Okay, so um, so what? Tell me more about kind of like if somebody is really interested in it. I mean, that sound that sounds great. Like, how much time is involved in doing this? How long does it take to ramp up? Um, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, really good questions because I have a very simple philosophy. I can always make more money, but I can't get more time. Yeah, so absolutely. 90% of this business is automated with inexpensive virtual assistants, software on the front end and software on the back end to manage your notes. Mm-hmm. So nice. my clients, I tell them to budget in the very beginning with learning curve, a focused one to two hours a day to start ramping up. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I think, yeah, if it takes, uh, I mean, some people are working full time, so it's, it's, uh, it's might be a lot of work for, for some people, but one, two hours a day, hopefully that's something you can do after you put the kids to bed and then uh, do some research. Yeah, that's, so, that's uh, how I started. I've got three kids. They were young when I started. How much money would be required to get started, do you think? So I started with $3,000. I had a buddy, Duran, start with $800. I think a minimum is $500 because that's what you're going to want to get for your mailings. Because even if, you know, the, the hard part, we're making our money on the buy. Yeah. So as long as I get an accepted offer, I yeah. can always wholesale that, if I, even if I can't afford it, to another land buyer. And yeah, that's what I was wondering. 100%. Because you're selling it within 30 days of, uh, of getting this... Um... Of getting the deal, right? Correct. So Ideal, you could, ideally, so you could actually do like a double close if you wanted. You could basically do the, uh, uh, you know, get that under contract. You don't even have. You only have to put the EMD up, 
and then you find your seller and then you do a double close at that point. Yeah. Paul Mandel, one of my first coaching clients was like broke. So he does his mailing and he gets an offer accepted in New York, uh, upstate New York. Yeah. Well, he can't, he can't close it. So he calls me up. I said, well, Paul, how much money you got left? He's like, I got a hundred bucks. Like you had enough for a, a neighbor mailing. So he mails the neighbors and the neighbors, <laughs> ra neighbor raises his hand and says, yeah, I'll buy it. So the neighbor buys it for, I think, 25000 He locks it up at 5000 and just wow. puts to the record, takes his 25000 uses that money, pays his seller 5000 takes the spread, and then just puts on the deed, record this deed first, record this deed second, and does a dual closing. Wow, that's amazing. So really, yeah, money from nothing, pretty much. Y yeah. Yeah, don't, you don't see that very often. That's for sure. But uh, that's pretty amazing. Have you ever considered uh, doing the actual development of, on the land yourself? No, because eighty percent of developers go under. <laughs> so no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, it's I'm definitely very, very another level of effort. That's for sure. It's another level of effort. It's a high risk, high reward endeavor, uh -huh. and you know, God bless those developers. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, uh, okay, so that man, that's fantastic. So with very, only a couple of hours a day, uh, very little money, uh, you know, to do some mailing, to figure out uh, maybe access some of these portals and build the tools and stuff like that to analyze the deal. I mean, people can just get uh, get that going and be able to do some transactions relatively quickly. Um, what, what else do they need? What, what do you think they need, even in terms of skills, in terms of attitude, in terms of mindset, uh, what do you think people need in order to be successful in, uh, in the, that land business that you're doing? Well, I think this is, this is not just land business. I think this is life and it comes down to one word, grit. That's it. Yeah. Can you get knocked down and get back up? Yeah. So you're from Montreal. Think about people that love hockey. You've got to love hockey enough to get your teeth knocked out and then get back up and continue skating. Yeah. It's the same thing in business. You have to love business. Your purpose and your why for doing it has to be bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have that intestinal fortitude and that grit to keep going. Mm -hmm. But so many times I see people that have shiny object syndrome, they'll go on another podcast, and they're like, screw it. This is too difficult. I'll go into ATM investing. Yeah. So just because it's a simple model doesn't mean it's easy. Nothing worth doing is easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it was that easy, I mean, everybody would be, um, you know, would be doing it. People may not even know that this is possible. Also, that's just, this is another thing, too. I mean, we don't talk too, too often about uh, this kind of land business. Uh, another person that we talked to that was doing land business, they actually uh, are doing, um, they're not quite doing the development, but what they're doing, they're preparing kind of like the entitlement. So they're, they're working on what this, uh, the, what is the highest and best use for the land. They're preparing, they're working with an architect and the land developer and all of that. They prepare all the drawing, even have it approved sometime ready to issue permit. Uh, and then they're selling that as a package terrible model <laughs> it is a little <laughs> it's risky that's really risky because you can get rejected in the entitlement process and spend four hundred thousand dollars to find yeah. out your project's not going to work 
yeah yeah so the, and it may not be something that the the buyer wants to do also so that's the, that's the right. other why would i pay to have um you know to have your project and, and do your project when this is not something that i'm interested in yeah i i shouldn't say it's a terrible model i have friends who've done entitlement and again it's high risk high reward yeah yeah at this, you know, you're not doing, you're not breaking ground. You're not doing all the, the, the other construction. Right. Know, you're not spending millions in infrastructure higher. either, which is nice. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so tell me a little bit about some of the secrets. I think you have like some uh, in, uh, in Dirt Rich, the new book that you, uh, that you wrote. Uh, any kind of like, uh, like some special secret that you haven't talked about that, uh, that you want to share with us on uh, that's in your book? Yeah, there's no secrets anymore. All the information is out there. I, I would say that just having the the knowledge that we're making our money on the buy. So really, that's the hard part of this business is can you buy this asset 25, 30 cents on the dollar? And so there's 3,007 U.S. counties. I think a good question is, well, where do I start? And Eric, mm -hmm. let's just face it. Yeah. Nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd like some raw land today in Iowa, unless you live in Iowa. So we want to focus on the Sunshine States, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, California, uh, maybe a little bit in the Northwest, Oregon, Washington, mm. and Florida. Yes. So that's going to be your biggest buyer pool. There is an abundance of inexpensive raw land, and that's where you'd want to start. Mm. So yeah. So any particular. So this the. The criteria for these markets is basically uh, something you want to start focusing on something that is close to you, that is close to where you live, so that you can or no. Not not necessarily. I mean, what's nice about this model is it's scalable, mm -hmm. so you can do it from anywhere in the world if you have an inexpensive laptop and an internet connection. Mm -hmm. Okay, and any markets that are better than other, like you that that you know of and what are the criteria for to find the best market of the best metropolitan area well i think the market's constantly changing you'd want to go on a website like landmoto.com and just see where are other land investors buying and being successful mm -hmm. so success leaves clues <laughs> yeah or sometimes people look at success and they say well it's too late now everybody knows about it well no i i disagree with that yeah, I think people get bored with success sometimes, and they'll like, well, I'm I'm tired of buying in this area. It's like, well, you're tired of making money, but they <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people get bored with making money. Well, maybe one day you and I would be bored. I don't know. Yeah, but like you mentioned before too, like it's um, this is something that if that you enjoy. I mean, like like everything else. I mean. You know, if you if you enjoy it, if you enjoy investing in land, if you enjoy being kind of like doing these kinds of transactions, I mean, this is this is a great way to do it. If you'd like, you do some land, you do some rentals, you do some apartment buildings, you do a couple of different things. I mean, if you're a business person, this is really something that you you're truly passionate about, and it's uh, and it's great. I mean, you just continue doing it whether you need the money or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why a lot of people are they uh, they're talking to me and they say uh, like they reach out to me on social media and stuff like that. I say, well, you know, if you're so rich, like why are you why are you still investing? Why are you still working and stuff like that? And it's like, what do you want me to do? Like, 
do you want me to just like be a play golf and be at the beach like this is my life like i enjoy doing what i'm doing this is like live your life i'll live mine how about that yeah absolutely i mean money only solves money problems i think that for for us we get a lot more gratification out of helping someone change their life and exactly. to change the trajectory of their life exactly. and so you know you get, you get to a point where you transcend money mm-hmm. and you want other things money can't buy mm-hmm. yeah exactly and you know and that's probably why you wrote you wrote your book dirt rich to share with other people kind of how your success and then you probably you spend some time kind of like creating a system to you know to make to on how you're successful to help other people also become successful yeah that's been the that's, that is my whole why is to help people get out of social economic dependency so they can go and live their best lives mm-hmm. and uh it's tremendously gratifying to me and i think part of it is also that people live a, a lot of people live in a, a land of uh, or a mentality of uh What's, I think I think you and I live in the mentality of abundance. There's a lot. There are a lot of opportunities. You don't have to worry about it. And there yeah, are, yeah. are opposite. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when I started teaching people how to do what I do, my wife looked at me. She's like, aren't you creating your own competition? And so I put on my investment banker hat. I thought, well, let's just look how big the market is. There are... 3,007 U.S. counties, there are billions of acres available, and you couldn't find a more boring niche. You're not <laughs> going to go on HGTV or the DIY network because he flipped <laughs> this land. The before pictures is raw land. The after picture is raw land. And so there's no big money. There's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. Mm-hmm. It's a boring niche. There's no one doing it. And we'll all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. So oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's why I teach it as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at also kind of like BlackRock. I mean, they're spending billions of dollars in in single family and single family rentals, and they're not even they're not even buying like one percent of the uh, of the transactions out there. It's just like you know, this is this is a massive market. People don't realize how massive this market is. Land is probably even bigger. There's probably even more land available than I'm sure. There's more land available than. Uh, than properties than uh, buildings so you know this it is a massive market we live in an in abundance uh so and the other thing too is that the, the, this community the real estate investment community you know we we share a lot like you know you come on my podcast you know we talk on the phone we we look at deals i could find a piece of land and i could say hey you know mark you know there's this piece of land can i i'm interested in doing selling it can you help me out or Maybe you want to buy it or whatever, you know, so there's a lot of the, the community that we're part of really shares a lot, their ideas, their methodology, their process, their contacts. And, um, you know, people, often people don't don't realize that people from the outside don't realize that there's no such thing as competition. It's much more collaborative. Yeah, it's so interesting. It reminds me of this book I just read called Humankind. And the author makes the argument that we didn't evolve as survival of the fittest it was survival of the friendliest mm-hmm. and so being collaborative gives you a huge evolutionary advantage mm-hmm. yeah so uh so mark if people want to know more and they want to get they want to get started what's what's your recommendation for them to uh to get started well i think to learn anything 
you should do it. And so I have a free course that will teach people how to double their money 30 days or less. And so mm -hmm. if they go to the landgeek.com forward slash quick deals, they can get started. The landgeek.com forward slash quick deals, or they can just go to the landgeek.com and start there as well. Okay. Uh, you also have like a, yeah, also have like a program, like a mentorship program or training program that is, uh, or the, the, is that it? Yeah, we have training programs, but really we want to make sure that the model resonates with you first. Yeah. So make some money, do some deals. If it resonates with you, then most people will want to go deeper into the model yeah. and, and get some training. Wow, oh, excellent. So thelandgeek.com, quick deal. And then we'll put that in the show notes on this slate. And then um, any other way that uh, people can... Uh, can connect with you if they are interested, they have questions and. Sure. They can always email uh, me directly, mark at the .com. Okay. Excellent. You do any social media, Mark? Oh yeah. I, uh, I'm on all the social media. I just got, uh, it was interesting. I had a fake me on Instagram. So I'm the land geek on Instagram. And I found this guy was selling bitcoins, oh. and and he was he had my picture. He just stole me. He like was oh, fake wow. me, yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. underscore the land geek. So I reported him to Instagram, but they took off the real me and kept fake me. So hopefully I'll get reinstated. But I'm I'm everywhere on the socials. Okay, great. Well, Mark, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And um, you know, so make sure you. Uh, like and subscribe because every week we're interviewing some great uh, real estate investors and land investors. And uh, if you want to learn more, uh, stay tuned. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.